This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. and welcome to Sightlines, your guide to the visual arts in and around Dunedin. I'm Sally McMillan and this show is brought to you on behalf of the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Society. In today's show we'll hear from two members of the Dunedin Hospital Art Advisory Committee about the past, present and future of the extraordinary Dunedin Hospital Art Collection. But first, here's DPAG Society President Ross Curry with the latest on the Dunedin art scene. This is Snapshot. Ross, let's start with another well-known Dunedin institution. What's happening at the Hocken Library? The Hocken Library currently has a show especially for old rockers who, st- who can still remember. Kaleidoscope World celebrates 40 years of musicians associated with the record label Flying Nun. It includes record covers, posters, artwork and publications. Take a step back to the good old days of the Dunedin sound and get down to the Hocken. Not so keen on being defined as an old rocker, but thank you for that, Ross. What's on art at Port Chalmers? Well, at Port Chalmers, the PC Gallery has an extensive group show appropriately and accurately titled The Greatest August Group Exhibition in Port Chalmers This Year. So many artists are looking for limited exhibition opportunities, and this show acknowledges this problem. 20 to 25 established and emerging artists from the West Harbour area will be showing a selection of paintings, drawings, ceramics and jewellery. And speaking of jewellery, Ross, we recently interviewed Dunedin-based jeweller Jane Dodd on Sightlines. Yes, we did. And she currently has a show at the Brett McDowell Gallery. But you'd better be in quick, though, as it finishes on August the 4th. Lawrence Aberhart is known and respected for his iconic photography steeped in history and his show follows Jane's at the Breck McDowell. Expect something special in this exhibition, Faith Healer's Signs of the American South. It sounds mysterious. Tell us what's going on at the School of Art in the next couple of months, Ross. Well, the Dunedin School of Art in Rigo Street has open days on July the 31st and August the 1st. There are free studio workshops and tours. Just turn up, no registration required. They're also hosting the Otago Secondary School Art Awards from the 17th to the 26th of August. This is a chance to get an insight into up-and-coming new talents. And Adrian Martin, the artist-in-residence, has an exhibition at the School of Art from August the 29th to September the 3rd. So what about all the other local galleries? Ross, what's on there? Well, the artist room at the bottom of Dowling Street celebrates its 18th anniversary, so happy birthday to them, in August, and will hold a group show including artists from all over the motu. At Gallery de Novo, Anna Teofilo, our Dunedin School of Art graduate, has a show from August the 5th to the 18th. Her work is steeped in her Samoan heritage, with Polynesian patterns carved on painted board. Glue dots complete these striking and unique Artworks. And Ross, last but by no means least, what's on at DPAG? Well, it could be argued that current shows at the Dunedin Public Art Gallery are not for the faint-hearted, but they're certainly stimulating. After you've passed the dead rabbit on the ground floor, resuscitation not allowed or required, you can enter the latest exhibition called Nature, Danger, Revenge. 
Artists include the late Alexis Hunter, whose neo-expressionist paintings of hybrid creatures stem from a feminist and environmental consciousness. These are strong, interesting works with ominous overtones. Hunter was born in Aotearoa, but spent much of her professional life in London. Other artists in this show include Evangeline Graham, Deborah Rundle, and the current Francis Hodgkins fellow, Sarawet Songsataya. Thanks, that sounds great, Ross. And now it's time for our feature item. In today's show, we're talking about a public art collection which is quite probably the most widely viewed of any in New Zealand. A collection that is so accessible that for half a century, literally hundreds of thousands of people from Otago and further afield have seen and appreciated parts of it without even realising that they were looking at part of a significant New Zealand collection. The Healthcare Otago Charitable Trust owns about 2,000 works of art which are displayed throughout Dunedin Public Hospital and Wakari Hospital in Dunedin. Dating back to the 1970s, the collection includes a number of significant artworks, including some commissioned for the Trust. The collection has been in the news in recent times, as with the new hospital build underway, the custodians of the collection fight to ensure that our new public hospital will accommodate the collection that has been accumulated over 50 years. The collection is managed and maintained by the Otago Hospital Art Advisory Committee and today on Sightlines we are fortunate to be joined by two long-serving members of that committee. First we're speaking to Barbara Brinsley, committee member and hospital aesthetic coordinator who will tell us about the history of the collection as well as its future. Barbara, welcome to Sightlines. Thank you. Now you have a very long association with Dunedin Public Hospital. Tell us about that. I started my nursing career in 1957 and finished it in 2003, that's 45 years. But if we continue to now, it's now 65 years that I've been involved with hospital that is and a, with the art. That's a long and very successful run. So you were working at the hospital when the collection was first started. Tell us about how that came about. Very exciting at the time because I knew Professor Ellen Clark, a general surgeon, very well, and I worked in post-operative recovery looking after his patients and to think that he travelled a great deal in those days to the England and the States and came back with an idea that we need some art on the hospital walls. He'd seen it in those two countries in his travels. So that's when it started. I think there's quite a well-known quote which is on your website. It was in the British Medical Journal in 1984 on the subject. And there it was said, Art is able to provide solace, exhilaration and satisfaction in a huge variety of different forms. Above all, it is able to humanise a building, infusing an often soulless and impersonal environment with affirmation. Many critical moments in our lives occur there, from birth through to death, and they ought to take place in surroundings which honour their true significance. Is that belief what motivates you to give so much of your time to this cause? Yes, very much so, because I feel what's around us visually outside and inside, is important to our well-being. And without that stimulus that you're distracted from what you might be looking at and rather concerned about, art can change that feeling. And those feelings need to be within us all the time. Mm. Because a lot of people, I think, go around with their eyes wide shut while they're on their phones, of course, so that they miss a a lot in my thinking of things. Going back to the origins of the Art Advisory Committee, I believe that there were some other quite prominent members of the Dunedin Art community involved at the outset. Tell us about them. Well, Shona McFarlane was commissioned, really, to advise 
then Stevenson and Turner, the architects, to um, incorporate things in the hospital and have commissioned work started, six prominent things. Yes. So I think there are works by Shona McFarlane and her sister Heather Francis amongst the collection. Yes, um, very much so. And I think also Dunedin artist Val Rollo is represented. Yes, yeah, she was She was one of the chair people on the committee, the original committee. Right. And I think other prominent Dunedin people over the years have included Judith Medlicott and also Gordon Sanderson. Barbara. Yes, yes. They were both chair p- persons of the Art Advisory Committee. So you joined the committee almost 20 years ago when you retired. Yes, rewired. Re- <laughs> rewired. No retiring in my book. <laughs> rewiring. But not before initiating the inclusion of art in the surgical recovery ward, which I think is where you spent a lot of your own working life. Yes, yes. The art is owned by a charitable trust, but purchased, maintained and managed by the committee. Tell us a bit about how the collection has been accumulated over the years, because I think you've had some first-hand involvement in that. Yes, well, in the past, we've been given money from the charitable trust, maybe about 5000 a year, to maintain the art that's fallen off the walls or find art that would fit into the collection. And I have a great eye for things. So it's been very satisfying to not use all the 5000 but... Um, to have additions to the art collection, which is quite, quite extraordinary. So there's been some treasure hunting involved. Yes, yes, (laughs) with my pleasure, I might add. Excellent. Are you still adding to the collection? No, I've had to stop because we're moving house. So it it fits in with the stage of my life, you know, nearly nearly 84. I'm just adding that as a bit of colour in the (laughs) (laughs) programme. It went slows down, so... Yes. Cutting back. So, well, that brings us, in fact, to the new hospital and whether it will accommodate the existing collection. And, Barbara, you've been outspoken in the media about the importance of planning for the new build to take the collection into account. And that has involved some crossing of swords from time to time, I believe. What can you tell us about that? Well, the the sword-carrying individual was Pete Hodgson. I hope he's not listening. I hope he is. (laughs) So you and Pete Hodgson... Yes, he was talking to the the medical staff and myself some three or four years ago about the hospital rebuild and then I put my hand up and said, what about the art? And he said, your art! And I said, it's our art. So um, there is a bit of understanding that it is our art and it's for all of us. Well, it's an important part of the hospital, isn't it? And I mean, it's an important part for the people who go to the hospital. So what have you done uh, in the planning process since the Your Art, Our Art controversy um, to make sure well, that... Well, very new- much got in contact with the architects when they finally chose an architect or architectural firm. And it was Warren and Marnie in Christchurch who were the chosen architects. They've developed an office here in town in the last month. And uh, I certainly got in touch with them a good two years ago. And they've certainly been listening to me. And they're now proven that they've been listening because they're showing us where they're going to put these wonderful artworks in the hospital, along with the beds and the waiting rooms. So the art is featuring in their plans already. Fantastic. So you feel satisfied that when we eventually get our new Dunedin Hospital, the artworks that you have uh, looked after so carefully for all of this time will in fact be there for the ongoing benefit of those who are in the hospital? I very much feel that. I feel very, very, very happy and very satisfied with something that I feel is very important for us all. Yes. And not just myself, but it's everyone who needs to benefit from going into the hospital and what that means, whether it's attending 
an operation or a birth or a death. Well, the environment you... needs to be right. And in your immortal words to Pete Hodgson, it's our art. Yes, and we, we and our committee will look after it and you will see that we have Mr Hodgson. Barbara, thank you for the wonderful work that you do to keep the art collection an integral part of the hospital experience for all of us and for your valiant efforts in ensuring its longevity. Thank you. It has been my pleasure, Sally. Thank you so much for inviting me to speak today. We're turning now to Nicola McClymont, who is the current chair of the Hospital Art Advisory Committee and another champion of the collection. Nicola, welcome. Thank you. Now, you too enjoyed a long, successful nursing career, some of it, at DPH. You were there for 15 years, I think. That's correct, yes. I trained at Dunedin Hospital and uh, worked there as a staff nurse and a charge nurse for 15 years in total. Right. And you joined the Art Advisory Committee in 2002 and subsequently became chair in 2017. That's right, yes, yeah. It's been a very interesting 20 years, I have to say. What inspired you to become involved with the committee? Uh, Well, the first thing, of course... Uh, it was in the papers at the time and so on, was when the Middle Ditch Fountain was cleaned by someone in, in the bowels of the hospital probably. That someone looked at it and decided it was dirty and it needed a good clean up and so they took all the patina off that the artist had carefully put on and uh, took it back to its original copper and then it began to corrode. So it turned green over a fairly short period of time. And so it was decided at that time that when art committee was needed to overlook the... Uh, the artworks in the collection. Now there had been an art committee originally when the collection uh, was begun in the 1970s but at some point it was decided that they probably didn't need one anymore and then it was decided that yes they did need another one. (laughs) (laughs) So after the Brasso mistake, I I believe there was some massive cost associated with that, about $30,000. Yes, to to repair it, that's right. We had to find someone who had the qualifications uh, to do the repair work and we had to do some fundraising towards the costs of it as well. It was a massive job. Yep. And so I guess the DPH subsequently realised that they should perhaps leave, leave the management of the art to the experts. Yes, <laughs> yes indeed. Did you have a previous interest in art? Or did you grow up with an interest in art? Was there art in your family? Um, certainly we grew up with an interest in art. There was always a bit of art around the place. I had older parents who'd done some travelling um, and been to the kinds of art galleries and things overseas that I guess a lot of my contemporaries' parents hadn't seen. And uh, there were things around the house. There were some originals. My father went to Teachers College with Shona McFarlane and she was one of the people on the original. Um, art committee who uh, got the art collection going in the hospital along with Alan Clark. So uh, we'd pop into Moray Gallery sometimes and uh, yeah, there was was encouragement to be interested in art insofar as going to art classes on a Saturday at MacAndrew Intermediate and things like that. So my father had an extensive um, collection of friends around the city who were involved in different areas of art. He was... uh, great poetry lover etc as well so we, there was a lot of stuff going was, on. So there was art in your family and it so was once you became a nurse and particularly once there was art on the walls in the hospital did you observe anything about the way that that impacted your patients and other people who worked and came to the hospital? Well I think to begin with as a student nurse I wasn't really terribly aware of it but we were in the old hospital building um, 
and the old hospital was a range of different ages and I think the artwork that was there uh, was perhaps not so visible in many respects. But once the new ward block was built and we moved in and the art committee really got going, there was art all around the place and you came into work every day and there was the Middle Dutch Fountain uh, in the foyer, got moved around a bit, but it was there. The kinetic sculpture, of course, in the middle by um, Derek Ball was there. There were different artworks on different floors as you got off on the lift the lift foyers all had art in them and then the wards themselves started to fill up with art as well they were in patients rooms they were around the staff areas they were in the corridors and I think people certainly interacted with them Uh, if you needed people to go for a walk because they needed to get up and get moving you could say let's go and have a look at the art on the walls Um, and I've done that recently with my mother-in-law in hospital. You know, we need to go for a bit more of a walk. Whoa, what's this thing down the hallway here? And people like it. People don't like it. Um, but that's what art is all about. It's there for a conversation. And I think it's there also in a hospital setting as a therapeutic device to, to help people relax, to help people uh, maybe forget why they're there, maybe to help them... Uh, while they're waiting to hear some news or to take their minds off some sort of clinical procedure, all sorts of reasons right. why. Yeah. So it serves a, a multitude of purposes, really, depending on what you're in the hospital for well, and that's right. how long you're there. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, to be honest, I haven't really mentioned therapeutic from the point of view of people participating and making the artwork themselves in some areas and then leaving it in those areas on the walls Mm. when they've gone, and I think that's important too. Is the response to the art always positive, or have you had some more negative reactions? Oh, no, it's definitely not always positive. Some people just don't like the colour of something, or they may feel that it's a bit too serious, or uh, there may be some connotations to it that they don't think is appropriate in the area that it's hanging in. Some people don't like it there because they want their area to be clinical with nothing on the walls at all that's happened in the past so no it's not always a positive thing but in general yes you get good feedback and you get staff who I think you mentioned to me that they you've had people who've come and said to you where's my piece of art it's been disappeared off my wall (laughs) no absolutely and I've noticed that myself and I know that that, uh, you see might see someone stopping they've stopped with someone to discuss something and it's building and property and they're the ones who take things up and I take them down and put them up and so on. And I've stopped and said, why are you looking at that? You In that know, suspicious way. way yeah. <laughs> I didn't know these were supposed to be coming. Oh, no, no, we've just stopped to think, of, you know, what is it about? Why, what is this picture? Because not everything is a representation of a landscape, for example, mm. or a person or whatever. So there is a lot of quite abstract art in the collection. Provides it, an opportunity it, for contemplation. It, it does. It invites a discussion. Yes. Yeah. And I think you also said to me that you've had some staff members who have begged you to give them pieces of art because they're otherwise working in a box that has no aesthetic oh, value. Oh, certainly, <laughs> yes. And I know, absolutely. And Barbara's had that uh, question uh, asked of her a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've said that the committee's objective over the years has been to avoid chocolate box art. And some of the art in the collection is indeed very far removed from chocolate box. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you about some of the more prominent pieces, some of which I understand have been commissioned or gifted over the years. Mm-hmm. We start with the fountain. Where is that currently located? Because I think it has been moved around from time to time. It has, it, it has. Mm. Well, it's currently located, but 
behind the whānau room, so that is in the foyer of the hospital. And if you walk past it, you'll find it sitting behind there. Um, if you're in the whānau room itself, you will find you can look at it through a window uh, at the back of the room there too. It's hard so, to miss it. It's quite large. It's quite large. It's it's a little off. It used to be right in the front foyer as yes. you came in the entrance, but it's so it's it's a little hidden, but yep. no, still very... Accessible. And how did that come to be in the collection, Nicola? Um, well, it was actually commissioned by Shona McFarlane in 1980, and it was to celebrate the ward opening, and it was donated by Arthur Barnett. John Middleditch himself was um, an engineer and um, draftsman originally by training, and you can see that in the sort of artwork that is the sculptural metalwork. Yes, mm. yeah. Mm. Another installation is the spiral uh, of what, to me at least, looks like a collection of disused leg bandages, yeah. <laughs> uh, which probably isn't. You can see that from the windows on the Great King Street side of the hospital. What can you tell mm. us about that? Well, that was um, a piece of work by Josephine Regan, and it's called. Uh, she calls it Unremarkable Moments. I see we've got in our catalogue as a circle of life, um, and it dates to 2007, and it was installed as part of her Master of Arts exhibition. Uh, she had a connection with the hospital to be able to do this, and um, it's a spiral arrangement of tubular stoneware objects. So it's reasonably and, far off being with the leg bandages then? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Okay. And it sits on top of the octagonal room. So it's designed to be looked down on from a yes. height. Yeah. It's 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 quite striking. Yeah. There are several works on the ground floor and in the foyer that are significant artistically. As you come into the hospital on the left hand side, um, well, in fact, on the right-hand side of the entranceway, I think, there's a mm-hmm. splendid ceramic wall. Who is that by? So that's by Neil Grant, and he's a very well-known uh, potter. Uh, he went to art school, I believe, studied sculpture to begin with, but he's become well-known. He's had about 60 years of practice, something like that. Uh, I think a retrospective book of his work has been published in the past year. And he worked down here at the art school as in been well known as an educator, not just at the school here, yes. I think, but it's work um, with other schools, uh, distance-wise as well. And that piece of work was made in 1984 and it was do, uh, donated by Fletcher Development and Construction and they were the main contractors for the ward mm. block when it was built, um, late 70s, early 80s. It's a, a very beautiful welcome to the yes. hospital ward block, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 And is that going to be able to be relocated, sort of chipped off the wall? And well, we certainly <laughs> hope so. We yeah. certainly hope so. Yeah. yeah. The Derek Ball kinetic sculpture in the glass case near the lift, I used to be fascinated by that as a child. How did that get added (laughs) to the collection? Uh, And you see children now stop and look. I'm sure. Definitely. Well, again, that was part of the uh, ward block opening, 1982, and it was donated by Stevenson Turner, who were the architects and engineers, uh, along with um, Hallam Eames and partners who were the quantity surveyors, Brickle Moss and partners who were the structural engineers. So it was a combined uh, donation by those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there was the Robin White as well, I think, also hanging in the foyer, your health, your wealth. Of- well, we've, we've got the big Robin uh, White, of course, the um, Seven Hills, which was originally commissioned for the uh, ward block. But this new, this other one, Your Health is Your Wealth, was originally painted as a poster for a health food shop in Moray Place, I believe. And when it came on the market, it was more than we could really afford mm. to buy. But we thought about it and we decided on public subscription. And so what we did was we took a copy of the um, painted poster and divided it up into many squares and each square sold for $5. So 
people of Otago paid for it by subscription. Fantastic. You could buy as many squares as you liked. Yeah. And where does that hang in the hospital now? It's Adelaide? right inside as you come in the foyer, um, get past those double doors and all the screening that's going on at the moment, and it's on the right-hand side. Yes. And mm. the other Robin White work that you referred to earlier? That's uh, just off the foyer. It's a very large work. It's about eight metres yes. long uh, and has been slightly problematic over the years finding... Um, a big enough space for it. So uh, as you go towards the main lifts in the foyer, it's to your right as the, a little corridor that goes uh, along, take you to the clinical services block. There are other numerous artworks. There's a Marjorie Blackman tapestry, which I've always loved. There's a hotary, um, at least one. We could be here all day talking about these things, I know. But as you said, Nicola, the collection is not just chocolate box art and would be gallery worthy anywhere in New Zealand. Um, and I understand that the pieces have in fact now been catalogued with the help of Christine Mulligan. That's correct. Yes, yes huge yes, job. Yes, huge job, but very worthwhile one. Uh-huh. On behalf of all of us in Otago who go to the hospital from time to time, in whatever capacity and for whatever reason, can I take the opportunity to thank you and everyone on your committee, all volunteers, for your commitment to this very worthy cause. Mm. And thanks to you, our listeners. Tune in again next month when we'll be celebrating 100 years of the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Society. If you'd like to hear today's show again or listen to previous shows, you can find us on the Otago Access Radio and DPAG Society websites. Thanks to contributor Ross Curry and producer Jonathan Quayorf. I'm Sally McMillan and you've been listening to Sightlines. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.